Good morning. It is 1.18 a.m. Tuesday, November 10th, and I am absolutely over the moon, jubilant, joyful, Jackson, whatever. Uh, any, any J word that is joyous, joyful, jubilant. Oh my God. Okay. So let me tell you something. I really don't know where to begin. So I will just begin and I will meander all over hell and back as you know, I do. And I'm just going to apologize now, but also say sorry, not sorry, because you know what? That's just what I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. So obviously I'm back. Um, and this just happened tonight and I will tell you why I'm getting to that. I'll just get, I'll give it to you. I, and I hope I don't cry because I'm on the verge. After playing Reach For You approximately exactly 3,278 times, I played it perfectly, perfectly. After grounding my piano and scolding him mercilessly because of his misbehavior and for him to just be disobedient and to not be where my fingers were. He didn't move around the way he should have to land under my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ding dong. Anyway, perfect. I had, <clears throat> pardon me, several, several close calls and I saved, I probably have four or five or six over the last two days that I saved and I recorded into my DAW what I was doing, and this was actually a really good idea, I was recording them into the piano first, because you can, you can do that. And then what I thought was, my, my original idea was, first of all, let me just record it into the piano, because I don't want to have to keep stopping, starting, going to the DAW, stopping the recording, cutting it, snipping out the part, you know, and starting it again. That just seemed like a time waster. And it was a lot of me turning around and moving around and it just was causing a lot of strain on my back and my shoulders. <clears throat> Pardon me, which believe me, my back is screaming right now. Screaming. Anyway, so I thought, let me just record it into the piano. And then that idea morphed. It stayed the same in as much as let me record it into the piano. But the reason seemed like a much better idea. I thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to record the chords. And then what I'll do is when I play it back, what I do is I record it into the piano and then I connect it to the DAW or to the interface, which is the Scarlet. And then what I do is I, you know, play, I hit, I hit play and it plays back whatever I've recorded. So I thought, here's what I will do. I'll record the chords and the bottom hand. And only because if I try to play the melody, which is usually how I play it, I play it with the chords and the melody, I play everything together. That's just how I play. But there is a huge octave span. And um, yes, I did actually sprain my pinky. Yes, I did. And I'm going to tell you about that too. Well, I've just told you that's, that's what that's it. I've sprained my pinky. Anyway, um, I tended to miss the, the top notes. And I would either overshoot Oh, well, that's usually what it was, is I would just overshoot or I would just be on a completely wrong chord because I would overshoot by two notes, one note, whatever. It was off. So I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to record the chords. And then when I play it back and it's recording into the DAW, I will play the melody. Well, I never did that. 
And I thought, you know, it's probably going to take me too long to figure out how to take the melody out of it. Because here's what I noticed I do. I play the chords because it helps me to remember where to put my fingers. It helps me to remember where the melody keys are. That sounds nuts because I play, I really do, the melody I play with my pinky. I think that's absolutely crazy. I never really thought about that until this very second. But I know that I play the melody while I'm playing the chords. And since I was having to jump, I mean, it's a jump. It's, I don't know, five or even six keys um, from where I start. And I have to jump up into the octave. And I often miss it. Maybe it's five. I'm not quite sure. I could think about it, but I don't want to spend the time to do that. Uh, and so I thought this will help me so that then all I'll have to do when it's recording is just play the melody and I'll be able to play it perfectly. But how, how am I going to separate out the chords and not play the melody? That's how I keep time. I mean, it just seemed like that was just way too involved. And I thought, okay, look, I am just going to have to play this perfectly. I know that I can. Other people do. And last night I was kind of joking with myself, which is kind of creepy joking with yourself? I mean, what? And I thought, look, Stevie Wonder does it. He can't even see. Yeah, well, he's also Stevie Wonder. Okay, he's also Stevie Wonder. Okay, well, George Duke does it. I mean, <clears throat> pardon me. George Duke plays the piano without making any mistakes. Greg Fillengains plays. I mean, these guys, oh my God, if you don't know who these people are, please Google them. You may not know who Greg Fillengains is, but Greg Fillengains is an absolutely extraordinary keyboard player, pianist, arranger. He was Michael's music director for the Bad Tour. He's played on several of Michael's albums. He plays lots of Quincy Jones albums. He might be a contract player with Quincy. I'm not sure what the setup is. Oh, my hand is hurting. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. He's amazing. You probably all know who George Duke is. Of course, you know who Stevie Wonder is. You know, there are people, those are just a few, who actually can play the piano without messing it up. They can play a song and not hit the wrong note. I, for some reason, haven't been one of those people until tonight. I did it. I did. I did it. I, okay, Here, here's what I did. I did miss one note, but... But here's, here's what happened. I didn't hit a bad note. I didn't hit an incorrect note. When I was playing the chord, I just simply left one note out of the chord. So instead of playing four notes at the same time, I was playing three. It wasn't, I mean, you'd, nobody would know. Nobody would know. And I think I had it for two beats like that. And then I changed it or, or one beat. And then I changed it to add the fourth note in. So it was, it's, it's not noticeable. And you wouldn't know unless you knew the song that, that that was an error. You wouldn't know. The timing, you know, the way, how expressive I was as I played, I was able to adjust the volume because there's some parts that are softer and more tender and then there's powerful parts. The end, I gave it a good hit. It's a good stinger ending. I mean, you don't usually have a stinger ending in a song. They usually fade out. But this... I mean, this this could fade out. It would be fine, but I, I gave it a stinger. And just because it felt like a stinger, it felt like it deserved a big bang at the end. It, that's just how it felt and what it sounded like to me. It made sense to me. So 
Anyway, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I've now spent eight minutes talking about this fucking song. But it was interesting because I started it and stopped it. Started it and stopped it so many times because I would hear, I'm too heavy on the pedal. This sounds muddy. The, the tempo is off. I'm speeding up. And then I would start thinking of other things and then I'd hit the wrong notes and I would forget. This is what's crazy. I would forget what note I was supposed to be playing. Where am I going now? I just would forget it. It's like my mind was so sick of it maybe. But you know what's so strange about that is I didn't get sick of it. I loved it every second. I didn't get sick of it. And I thought, how come I'm not sick of this? I should hate this by now. I've been playing this song. I mean, I did give myself a day or two of a break, which I couldn't really afford to do because I wanted to submit three pieces and only one is finished. And that's the one I submitted. Now, the deadline is tomorrow, 11.59 p.m. If, <clears throat> pardon me, if I work on those other pieces and finish them and then record them and then submit, great. If not, it's going to just have to be this one. And that's just, that's all I could do. That's literally all I could do. I I did as much as I could do. Now, you could say, well, hey, you just you just gave up. You quit for a few days. Listen, for me, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, psychiatrically, I had to take the break. I physically didn't feel well. I was getting frustrated. There were other things going on in the world. The road rally, I still am working. We've just gone through this ordeal with the election and that is still not over. You know, I mean, it was a lot. And then Kevin, I mean, all kinds of things. So I've had a lot. I've had a lot. I have had a lot. And um, so, yeah, I did the most I could absolutely do. And, you know, earlier when I had recorded... Uh, I just, I'm sorry, my hand is hurting so much right now. And every once in a while, like I'm sitting on my hand just because I'm sitting on it. And then I'll move it and I'll feel my fingers hurt. That was my index finger on my right hand. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, I had these other versions, not versions, but these other recordings that, you know, I hit a bad note, but it was okay. It wasn't really that noticeable or, you know, maybe I didn't really like the end. I didn't pause long enough and hold it out before I gave it the stinger at the end. Or maybe the, the tempo was a little bit off or maybe the pedal was a little too much and it was a little heavy and a little muddy. But I'm like, you know what, this is as good as it's going to get. And I would name them like most perfect ones so far almost fucking perfect. You know, that's what I named these. And I thought, I'm just going to submit these, or one of these. I'm just going to submit it because fuck it. I'm sick of this. I'm tired. And I really wasn't sick of it, but I was tired and I was frustrated, but not in a way that I needed to give up. I, I wish I could explain that, but I can't because honestly, I'm sitting here thinking right now, why was I not wanting to give up? I didn't want to give up and I knew I could do more. And I kept saying, okay, after work, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the last one. This is it. And then after this, fuck it, I'm going to get up because I'm fucking sick of this. But but then I'd mess it up and I'd start it again. And then I'd start it again. I must have started, honestly, I don't even know how many times. A hundred? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many times I've played this song or or snips of it. And here's the thing that would really... 
I didn't get to the point tonight where I wanted to scream. I was there several days ago where I literally thought, I am going to scream. I'm jumping out of my skin. I'm going to need therapy. I can't handle this. I'm too traumatized. This is fucking driving me crazy. I didn't feel like that. I didn't. I just thought, okay, I'll just start it again. And um, I'm wondering why. How come? I just... I just knew I can do this. I can do this. But I was thinking of the weirdest random shit. I was thinking of myself when I was nine years old and I was in ballet class. I was thinking of I mean, my pedal. Oh, here's the other thing. My pedal would slide. I wasn't comfortable in my chair. And then I did actually sprain my pinky and I have had pain. My pinky has been hurting and sprained. It is, it is legitimately sprained. And the tendon running from, I mean, I can really feel it right under my pinky. You know that knuckle that's part of your palm, kind of, you know, the the very bottom knuckle that's in your hand, that when you make a fist, that's the one, that's the, the knuckle, you know what I mean? From there to about five inches past my wrist going, you know, toward my elbow, I can feel that tendon. It is achy and sore. pardon me, my middle and ring fingers next to that pinky, this is my right hand I'm talking about, feel swollen in the joints and they almost felt a little bit numb. They are very sore. If I wiggle my fingers, which I'm doing now, they hurt. My index finger hurts and it's not the knuckle that's in my hand, but it's the next knuckle up. You know, when you're putting a ring on, it's the last knuckle that your ring has to go past before it's at the base of your finger. It's that knuckle. It's like the main knuckle, not the one closest to your fingernail. That hurts. My thumb, my thumb is just totally mellow and chill. It's not giving me any trouble. It's fine. But my hand, yes. And when I make a fist, I can feel that pinky. It feels like that that joint that's in my hand, almost, you know what, they look bruised. They almost kind of look bruised. I'm looking at the palm of my hand. And even when I open my hand wide, I can feel that pull on that tendon. That is how much I've used my hand to play this song. Because there's a, there is a big octave spread. I mean, it's, it's huge. And I'm, I'm playing with force in some parts to, you know, intensify the sound. Pardon me, because it's, it's a buildup and all I have is this piano. That's the only instrument I'm using. So I'm conveying the emotion. Yeah, my, my hand is aching right now. And as I mentioned, my back, my shoulders between my shoulder blades, my neck on both sides. I am telling you the bottom of my right foot, the ball of my foot is very, 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 It's like I've been wearing just one high heel on that foot because the pedal I have is very stiff and, um, you know, pressing on that continually for hours on end for days and days and days and days and days. It's sore. It just feels bruised. And it, it does feel like I've been wearing a high heel. I've also had a ridiculous headache and I've been seeing these black spots. I wonder, honestly, this is going to sound like I'm being such a drama queen, but I wonder if I have a brain tumor, um, because twice today, I almost fell. I mean, it's like I just started leaning and I almost fell and I caught myself almost like I was a little bit dizzy, which is weird. I have had this headache for a few weeks. I don't really feel it right now. Uh, I did take some Advil, but I feel like there's definitely something going on. Um, 
I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I suspect, I suspect that there's something and I have reasons for that, which, which I won't go into because that is part of my personal medical history, but I am seriously thinking I should go see a neurologist just to rule anything out. Now, here's the other thing, as far as dizzy and kind of falling over to the side and whatever, that totally could be due to an inner ear issue. My left ear always feels like it's clogged. Um, you can hear that I am, sound very congested. So, I mean, there could be something going on with my inner ear. I do have tinnitus. I don't know if you know what that means, but what that is, is ringing in the ears. Mine isn't constant, comes and goes. And, you know, it's not every day, but it does happen quite a lot. And um, ever since I was a baby, I've had ear infections. They should have probably put tubes in my ears, but they didn't. But I had strep throat the first year of my life, three times. I ended up having my adenoids and tonsils removed when I was three years old. And the adenoids have kind of grown back. That's what a doctor told me many, many years ago, about 30 years ago. So we'll see. I should ask my new doctor. <clears throat> Pardon me. There is news on that front too. I'm very happy to tell you <laughs> that Kevin from the Las Vegas Institute, not my quote unquote, my Kevin, called and I'm super excited that I'm going to go in on Wednesday and start the evaluation for my voice. It's a two-part thing. So I'm going to go in and do the first part on Wednesday. And um, they're going to do some vocal measurements. And then they'll do the scoping and all that crap. And I'm looking forward to that. When he was talking to me today, he said, the doctor mentioned the node. And I said, well, that's really weird to me because she told me that that didn't really have anything to do with my voice being this way. And also, you know, you can hear that it's pretty smooth right now. And it was being very smooth today. But here's something that happened while I was playing. And I was just like, Oh, my God, I'm never going to get this. It started to get very croaky, because I had to talk on the phone for a minute. And I could hear and I, I sounded like I had been smoking cigars for for 50 years. I mean, it was so croaky. You've heard me be croaky like that. I think it's a stress thing. <clears throat> Pardon me. And even right now, I'm having to keep swallowing. I feel like I can't swallow whatever it is. That's the node I can feel, even though it's tiny. It's, And then the croakiness comes in that it's that muscle tension dysphonia. So I said to him, it sucks that it's really behaving itself right now and you can't hear the croak. And he goes, no, I can't at all. But they're going to see it. The doctor could see it. It's definitely, I've been diagnosed, but they're going to figure out what kind of treatment I need and how to go about it. He's already cleared it with my insurance. So that's wonderful. So, oh my God. Okay. So I am beyond elated about finishing this composition. Today has been a really amazing day. And let me tell you something. It did not start that way. Um, I was feeling a lot of despair this morning because once again, I didn't hear from Kevin. Now it's only been, when did he, when did he text me? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's only been three days now. And I'm thinking, okay. And it had been five days since I had texted him on Halloween and it had been like five months or however long it was. It wasn't quite that long, but it might as well have been 
since I'd had contact with him because he was ignoring me. So why am I acting like I'm upset about three days going by? But I was. I was feeling despair. I was starting to get very, very like impatient and almost a feeling of panic. It wasn't anxiety. It was it was something very different than anxiety. I know what anxiety is, believe me. I've definitely had issues with that. But it wasn't that. It was just, it was complete despair. And it was just feeling, it was desperation. You know what? That's a really good way to put that. It felt, I felt absolutely desperate for something, any kind of contact with him. I, I wanted to text him or call him or just why, Kevin, why, what are you doing? You know, and I I don't know what the hell. Oh my God. And even as I was feeling this way, pardon me, I was realizing this is nuts. I am not going to take any action. I'm not going to take any action. I'm not. And I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. It's just so frustrating to me because that is not like me. And, you know, I sit here and I talk to you and I think about these things and I know the way I conduct myself and in my life and how I've, how I've always done things. I have never been somebody who chased a man ever. I, I don't do that. Pardon me. I just, I just don't. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Why would you do that? You know, when you're younger, you probably do stupid shit. But I was never one of those girls who would drive past the guy's house 50 times or I just didn't do it. I just, I don't know. That just wasn't me. And I've been a person who, because of the circumstances of my life and the things that I've been through, I've been somebody who has had to accept things that were critically painful, excruciating, and I had to get the fuck over it. Get the fuck over it. Fucking deal with it and move the fuck forward. And I did it by myself, by the way. That's my whole entire life. I was bullied. I was bullied at home. I was ostracized. I didn't have friends. Pardon me. And then so many other events, losing my siblings to drugs. I mean, I don't even want to go into all of that because honestly, even though obviously, obviously, it's such a great word, those experiences play a huge role in my life and, and have shaped me and my perspective, my experience my ability to empathize with other people, you know, the list is endless, but I don't want to dwell. And it seems weird to me because I think, well, shit, I kind of do dwell because I talk about this a lot. Maybe just because this is the story of my life. This is my life. That is my life. Those are my experiences. And my life and my actions are informed by those things. But I think that's changing now too. And I promise I'm going to get to that. Um, but anyway, I've never been somebody who chased. I don't, I don't believe in that. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. I would never make somebody chase me either. 
I don't like the games. I understand that you're supposed to play games and you're supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to be easy for somebody to get. And I'm not easy, but you know, if somebody is showing me interest, I feel fine to show them interest too. I feel fine to, to tell somebody, especially if I like that person and I'm with that person, I feel fine to talk about what I want. I mean, I'm not asking for a commitment right away, but I am a person who jumps immediately into a relationship. If you tell me that this is what you'd like eventually, great. That's that's lovely. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to be asking you for a commitment. But if you tell me, the, if you don't want that eventually, then you need to tell me that up front. And if, you know, and not waste my time. I am not going to make somebody chase me though. If somebody is interested in me and they want to be with me, they want to go out with me. You know what? That's wonderful. As long as I feel the same way, I'm not going to make somebody chase me. That isn't, that isn't kind. It's game playing and it's dumb. I don't want to do that. You know, I want to spend my time. You know, this is really true. I want to spend my time with that other person. I want to find that person. And I just want to love that person. I want to make dinner. I want to watch movies with this person. I want to share his life. I want him to share mine. And let's just be together and get started. Let's just make it happen. You know, there's, there's so much loneliness. And, and here's the other thing. I mean, this is a huge lesson that I've learned. You don't know how much time you have. You don't know how much time somebody else has, the people that you love. Pardon me. And, you know, I don't want to waste one second. And it's really hard for me. This is where I was today. Driving myself crazy over and over and over and over and over again. What does he mean? I think of you a lot. And he has never said anything like that to me before. And we've talked about stuff, but he's never said that to me before. I think of you a lot. And here it was out of the blue. I mean, but uh, yeah, well, I went to the grocery store uh, around one-ish, one-thirty-ish. And I decided for some reason, I just really wanted these roasted, roasted Tuscan vegetables. It's, it's a Betty Crocker recipe. It's roasted Tuscan chicken and vegetables, but I don't put the chicken in it because I don't like that. I like to just roast the vegetables. And what it is is zucchini, bell peppers, you know, red peppers, maybe red peppers aren't bell peppers. I don't know. Red peppers, um, red onion. I call it a purple onion because it's purple. What I, did I already say? Zucchini and then Roma tomatoes and cannellini beans. And then you use, you know, you chop up the garlic. I should have chopped it finer because I think the pieces were a bit too big for me tonight. And I think probably next time I'll just use garlic powder. But I like fresh garlic, so why not? And then you have your Italian seasoning. I always put more. It calls for, I think, one tablespoon and I always put about two. And then it also calls for, I think, two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar, but I use four. And then a quarter cup, which is exactly, which is four tablespoons of oil. Um, I hate vinegar. It's the most disgusting shit on earth as far as I'm concerned. But in this recipe, I can't tell you how delicious it is. And so I always put more vinegar than it calls for. Isn't that so weird? And um, I decided also that I wanted to try to put some potato in it. I thought, let me try that. And also maybe I'll try some mushrooms. So I bought two beautiful portobello mushroom caps. They're pretty big. And I bought some beautiful Yukon gold potatoes. 
and I cut them into slices, but the slices were a bit too thick. They did cook with the rest of the veg, and I had marinated them with everything, but they were too big. So next time, if I if I do use potatoes, what I was planning to do was kind of parboil and then cut them and then put them on the sheet pan and roast, um, which I might also do. Who knows? But it turned out lovely. And while I was on my way to the store, I just, you know, I was feeling horrible pain. I just inside out pain. And it was so strange because I was determined to change my thinking. I had watched at least one video today of Esther Hicks, maybe two. And I was determined I am going to change my perspective because I don't want to be reflecting this. And some of the videos, or, or at least one, was talking about when you focus on the lack of whatever it is that you want, what you're doing is you're keeping yourself in that vibrational place and you're preventing the thing that you want. You're not allowing it to come. If you set your intention and you've already asked for it and the universe answers, it's given. You have to know that it's given. And she is so much better at speaking these words, obviously. I am not. And I get all jumbled up, which is really dumb because usually I'm very together. But when I do these podcasts, I'm really dorky. And maybe it's because I do have so many thoughts and this is really my free time and I don't have to focus on anything and I have so much to say. I don't know. But it made sense to me. And I've heard that so many times when you are thinking about this thing that you want, in my case, a specific person. And instead of instead of feeling like you know, you feel certain you ha- and that's what you have to do. You have to feel absolutely certain that this is already happening. Instead of that, you're focusing on the lack of, and the universe will continue to give you that. You'll continue to be lacking whatever it is that you're focusing on the lack of. So you have to behave as if, and you have to feel as if you have to experience that joy. Robert Zink is another one who's brilliant at explaining that. Act as if. And that really makes sense on so many levels, in so many situations, not just when you're thinking about manifesting something that you, that your heart desires. Uh, And so, pardon me, I thought, okay, here's the other thing I have said to you, and I have said to myself, I am going to stop thinking about him because I don't know that I can trust him. Nothing is happening. Let me tell you where I'm at right now. I'm going to just jump to this, okay? And this is the most beautiful thing, and I don't think I have ever quite felt like this. I know that there have been times where I have felt peaceful about it, and I have felt calm, and I have felt like it was going to be okay, but never like I feel right now. I feel, I do feel absolutely certain that whatever happens is going to be absolutely fine and I am going to be more than okay. I don't really want to share with you what I think is going to happen and what I absolutely feel and believe is going to happen because here I am holding this, see, here's this counter counter intention thinking, well, what if it doesn't? It's going to. It is going to. Yeah, you already know what it is. And You know, here's something that was so interesting. While I was working so hard, working so hard, 
and play that song. You guys don't even know what a huge accomplishment that was for me. If you tried, maybe you're musicians or maybe you're a golfer or maybe you're whatever. Maybe you have a hobby where it's a skill thing and you really, to be the best, you've got to have something done perfectly. And you try and you try and you try and you try and you just keep missing it somehow. You just keep missing it. It doesn't matter how many times you do it. And and you just can't get it. You can't get it. And you know, you know that you can. You know that you absolutely can, but for some reason you're not. Why are you not getting this? You know you can, but it's not happening. It's not happening. And you focus so much on it. And I never felt hopeless, but I did start thinking, listen, I might really have to let this one go. I might have to let it go. And I think I'm going to be okay with it. I think I'm going to be okay with it because I truly do have so much more to learn. I was watching the uh, one of the showcases last night. I watched uh, two or three brilliant, brilliant, brilliant composers and performers during the road rally, the very final showcase. And there was a duo. One woman was playing a guitar and the other one was playing a Yamaha keyboard. And it, I didn't, it didn't, there were, there weren't any markings on it to let me know whether it wasn't a motif because it would have had that written on it. And it wasn't a um, MODX because it would have had that. It just said Yamaha. So I don't know what it was, but the sound of the piano was absolutely gorgeous. And I thought, okay, that's what I need. I need that. And I don't have it. And so you know what, I may not be able to submit this. Because something else that one of the producers said during one of the one of the panels yesterday was, you are competing against masters. And they don't mean masters like this person is a master. They mean master copies of music. You are competing your music and your things that you submit to music supervisors or producers, A&R people, whatever it is, you are competing against other people who have mastered the submission. It's a master copy, which means it's fully produced. It's fully mixed. I mean, mastering is something different than mixing even. It's a final product and it's perfect. I mean, it's as perfect as that person can do. It, their mix may be bad and we have certainly heard a lot of that. Absolutely. But the ones that make it, They've, they're master copies and they're fully produced. They've got background vocals. They've got everything, full instrumentation, if that's what the music calls for. And then you're submitting your little rinky dink thing. And, you know, in these, in these uh, requests for submission, I don't know if it's every single listing, but I've seen it in several where it said, if your music is MIDI, it can't sound obviously MIDI. Make sure it sounds like the real thing. So, you know, I understand that. And I hear that. And I know what that means. And then I listen to mine. Now, when I bought this little digital piano, I just bought it so that I could have a piano. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to now be a composer by trade. I am going to now professionally compose. I'm going to actually do this for a living. I didn't, I wasn't thinking that at all. Or I would have gone and bought a synthesizer. I would not have bought that, that piano. I hadn't played a piano for 3000 years. So I just wanted, I just wanted a piano for the joy of playing because it is such a joy to me. And that's, that was a hundred percent my reason for buying that. It's, 
I didn't need bells and whistles. I just wanted a piano, a basic piano. Well, that's what the hell I got. Now I realize, oh shit, I need so much more. And I am buying those things. I bought two pieces of software. I think I might've mentioned this last night. I didn't end up listening to the podcast after I recorded it. Usually I will listen at least once after I record and publish just, just to hear it. But I might have mentioned, I know I mentioned Rob Shirelli uh, and Final Mix. Finalmix.biz is where you can find the different offerings that his company has. And there's, I think I mentioned Westlake. I'm sure I did. And then there was another another one that I bought. So I bought two and then he gave one for free to those of us who attended the road rally. Amazing generosity. So I have now three patches or what are they, three add-ons? What are they called? Plugins that I can use and they plug into your dot. Now these will not work with Audacity and Audacity is what I use. So I am going to go to Reaper. I've had several people tell me they love Reaper. A lot of people use Cubase. A lot of people use Logic, but that's a Mac. That's an Apple product only. And then of course, a lot of people use Pro Tools, but I've heard that Pro Tools is really difficult to to learn. Um, it's just it, very time intensive, I guess, and that's fine. Um, but I don't want to spend the time on that right now because something else I didn't mention. I should have mentioned this last night. I don't know why I did. Maybe I did this after the podcast, but I don't think so. I went on the community college website and did some searching in the, in the course catalog and they do have a sound recording program. I, th I thought they did, but they absolutely do. And the next semester starts at the end of January, and guess who's going to attend? There are two There are two classes that you have to take concurrently. They're prerequis prerequisites for some other. I'm not going to try to get a degree in that. I already have an international business management degree, and I don't want to go through that whole thing again. I really don't want to because I only want to learn this stuff to help me master my own work and help help me understand all these different things. I want to understand when Michael Lasko talks about stuff. I want to understand what he means. And I have a pretty good ear anyway, but I want to learn. I want to learn what to listen for. I want to know how to do this. So one of the classes is virtual studio. And then the other one, I'm not even sure what it is. Fundamentals of sound recording. I have no idea, but I'm going to do it. And I'm really excited about it. So at the end of January, um, registration is going on now. So yeah, I, maybe on my days off, I will go check that out. And um, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm super excited about it. I really think, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an investment. I mean, the classes, it's about $400 each. So that's almost $1,000. See, that sucks balls because that's just a lot of fucking money. Plus there are going to be books. There's going to be all kinds of shit. And that shit is so expensive but it's going to be worth it. And I think, you know, I could probably learn this on my own. I can watch tutorials on YouTube. Anyway, that's what my plan is. I just feel like it would be so much more helpful for me to be able to ask questions. I can ask questions of my fellow composers who mix. Um, yeah, I could, I could, but I don't know. I feel I could get a certificate of achievement. I think there are maybe maybe about, I don't know, 
11 classes, maybe not quite that many. I don't recall. It seems like there's maybe 11 or 12 classes um, to get the certificate, which that's so great. I mean, how amazing would that be? And even if I don't end up mixing for myself, I could mix for other people. I mean, not that I really want to do that, but I could. So anyway, let me go back. So today as I was on my way to the grocery store and as I, as I left and I walked out of the house and I'm walking to my car and I'm just, it's, it's a beautiful day. It's very cold out here in Vegas. It's very cold, meaning it's about 81 degrees. No, it's cold in the house right now. I think it's about 69 degrees and I'll turn on my little space heater, but I won't turn on the main heater because I don't want it to get too warm. And I just, I felt I felt the sun on me, you know, I'm out there in the weather, I'm out there in the, in the fresh, crisp air and I'm walking toward my car and I'm just feeling this really, really, really intense pain. Just wondering where he is. Is he thinking of me right now? What does that mean? Why, if he's thinking of me, does he not want to be with me? Why? Why? What's the holdup? Is it I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I got in the car and I thought, you know, I really need to stop thinking about this. This is a decision that I'm making to stop thinking about it. And I've tried to distract myself thinking about the deputy and I can't. I I start thinking of the deputy and then I just go right back to thinking about Kevin. So it was interesting because I got in the vehicle and I'm starting to drive and I get out of the gate and I'm approaching the street and I just, you know, I don't know, there, I guess a song came on. I don't know what came on, but I just started to feel so much gratitude, not for Kevin, but it, you know, I was heading to Albertsons and that's where that sweet little guy was. And I was thinking about the conversation I had had with the cashier, Loretta or Lorraine, whatever her name was with the red hair. And I, you know, I'd gone back and I had seen her after that. And I had said to her, please call me if you see this little guy. Well, I saw her about a week ago. I don't know if I mentioned that in any of the podcasts. I saw her and she said, oh, hey, she said, I haven't seen that little guy I haven't seen him since then. And I said, well, he must have just been our little angel that day. That must have just been our little angel. That was our little person for the day. And that was our little gift, you know. And I really do feel that way. He was a little angel to see how we would treat him. You know, I'm going to go into this really quickly. When I was, I think I was probably nine or ten because I was in Girl Scouts. Uh, I was in the backseat of somebody's car, somebody's mom, and she was driving us to Girl Scout camp. And she was talking about people that have disabilities. And she was asking us, the girls in the car, do you know why God made people with disabilities and, and put them on the earth? And I said, yes, to test them. And she said, no, to test us. And then she explained what she meant. And I've never forgotten that because that made total sense to me. And I, I have never forgotten that. And not that this little man had a disability, but he was an elderly person. He was a vulnerable person like somebody with a disability would be or might be or is. And it's how we treat them, how we treat the most fragile, the most vulnerable that, that defines our character and, and, and tells what kind of person we are. And, um, that's really true. Don't you want to be so kind? Don't you want to protect them? 
And what an amazing opportunity. And you know what? I started feeling so overjoyed thinking about that and realizing that, oh my God, I think I'm addicted to the feeling of being kind to someone. I think I'm addicted to that because there is nothing like it. When I tell you guys at the end of the podcast, when I tell you the person who benefits the most from your kindness is you, I am not kidding. And I am not overstating it. There is nothing like that, especially in that kind of situation. I remember that little man crying and I was thinking about that little $6. I could have stood there because I wasn't even paying attention. I could have stood there and I could have waited patiently for him to count his change and get his food and leave. I could have done that having no idea what that meant to that little man. I didn't know anything about it. And I could have just watched that and I could have just let him leave. And you know what? Okay, that doesn't make me a bad person. I don't know the man. I don't know what his circumstances are, but I just suddenly it occurred to me, I can pay for his. I'm going to pay for his. And I didn't even put, I really truly didn't even put it together until the cashier said, oh, you made him cry. And he turned around and he was crying. And then she and I were crying. And he said, you just don't know what I'm going through right now. You just don't know what I'm going through. And I remember I wanted to hug him, but I didn't. Because I don't know him. And also, you know, obviously, I would not want him to feel like, oh, I have to hug this person. And, you know, he's older. And obviously, you have to be very careful with their health. There is COVID. There's social distancing. And so I just reached out and I was just touching his arm. And I was so incredibly moved that something so minor, $6, you know, I spent $6 on a can of almond roca. That was that little man's dinner. $6 for that little sweet person who might have been an angel. You just don't know. You don't know. So anyway, I was thinking of that and I was feeling so much joy. And I was saying, and I did say, please universe, give me another opportunity to be kind to somebody. And I just, you know, when I go to the store now, I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking to see, is there a little elderly person here who may need some help that I can just go get behind them in line and I can just pay for their groceries or whatever I can do. You know, I just won this money in uh, the, the poker machine. And I thought, I hope I find this little man and I can just give him this money. I would have done it anyway, but I have this extra money now and I can give him that. I can do anything like that, you know? And I thought, I, I love that feeling so much. That was just, it's just such a joyful feeling. So I was thinking, I'm so thankful that in my life, no matter what happens with anybody else, no matter if Kevin, if I never hear from him again, if he hurts me, if I have to live with it and I have to just get over it, I still have had that experience, which was huge. And it's the same feeling that Brucey and I had when we came home from the VFW after we donated my dad's stuff. And I'm, I'm running a little bit short on time, so I do want to get to the point. Well, this is all the point, actually. This is all the point. Um... While I was at the grocery store, I saw two different men. One of them I actually thought was Kevin for a second because he looked very much like Kevin, very tall. It wasn't him, of course. But, um, oh, it was just 
it was just killing me. It was killing me. My heart was just in my throat. My heart was just breaking so much. And I just wanted him. I just wanted to talk to him. And I just thought, you know, Kevin, please, you know. I knew I wasn't going to do anything. And I did not. And I have not. And I will not. But here's the really amazing thing. I tried to tell myself that, you know, what, I, what I've heard in these videos, um, I tried to tell myself those things and remind myself, get busy focusing on yourself. Focus on yourself, improve yourself, you know, exercise, you know, go, go get your hair fixed, go get a pedicure, you know, do something you enjoy, get a new hobby, meet up with friends, whatever. And it's really hard to think about doing that kind of stuff when you're in so much pain under ordinary circumstances. Right now with COVID, it's even more difficult. But I was thinking of that and thinking, you know what, I've given up playing the piano for the time being. And I need to start that again. Because I know that I have a lot of joy when I do that, and I'm focusing on myself, and I know that when I'm in it, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about anything else, and it's true. I lose myself in it, and I'm not thinking about Kevin in those minutes. Now, with this particular song, he, no, this is not his song. His song is Love Letter, and I do think of him when I play it, although it's morphed, and now I think of other things. Anyway, a lot of time passed without me thinking of him um, while I was playing that. And here's what I guess I've been getting to the whole time. At the end, when I and I and I felt I felt it when I finished it and it was perfect and I knew I have played this perfectly. And I was so overjoyed that I did start getting emotional. You know, I <laughs> I am absolutely fine. And I'm I'm way more than fine. But that's just a really good basic word to use. No matter what happens, I am absolutely fine and I understand now what what I've seen on these videos so many times. I am the prize. That is not me in any way being arrogant or egotistical. You are also the prize and you know, you know that hopefully. And I hope that you have experiences where you can really feel it. I am the prize. I played that beautiful, beautiful song absolutely perfectly. I am living my life. I am composing. I'm creating. I have a, an amazing amazing community of friends. I received an email from Stephen Memel tonight. He said, hey, I'm sorry it took me so long to get this together, but I am going to now do this workshop. I've signed up for it, paid for it. The workshop's going to start, I guess, in a week or two. I, I don't remember. He, he gave the dates. And he's going to call me to chat with me first about my experiences and just to get a little bit familiar. This guy is a world-class guy. Look him up. Stephen Memel, S-T-E-V-E-N, Memel, M-E-M-E-L. M is -E -E in Michael. I mean... And then, you know, Rob Shirelli and Michael Lloyd and Pedro Costa and uh, <sighs> Jesus Christ, I'm doing the thing. I'm doing it. I'm in the world. I'm in that world. And my friend Doug did text me tonight and we were texting back and forth a little bit. And I'm glad that he was able to get something out of the road rally. And he was very encouraging. And that was lovely. And I've had a lot of encouragement, as I mentioned, from other composers. And I offered them 
my new composition once I recorded it and uploaded it to SoundCloud. So I'm going to wait and see what the feedback is because I'm interested in that. But I just thought this is this is who I am and this is where I am and I'm always going to be this and I'm 100% in control of this. Nobody can ever take it away from me. Nobody can make me less than this. I'm 100% in control. And you know, as much as I as much as I want Kevin and I think of him, I'm really not thinking about him now because actually I'm detached. And it's a beautiful place to be. Now, I hope it lasts. I think, "Oh my god, this isn't going to last. I'm going to be depressed." Maybe or maybe not. Maybe I'm past that now. That doesn't mean that I don't want him because I do. I absolutely do. And maybe I can be really chill about it this time and we won't have some of the drama that we had. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, very unlikely that I'm going to get pregnant. I mean, you know, we don't have to worry about that. So that's something he definitely did not want. Okay. So anyway, but you know, I'm doing it and I'm moving forward. And I just, I don't know where that feeling came from, but I just felt very peaceful. And I felt like absolutely everything is going to be all right. It's like Esther says, everything is always working out for me. It's way more than that right now for me. And my feeling is so much greater than that greater than it's yeah I cannot put it into words even though <laughs> I'm I'm trying to in a very glorious way aren't I very big way anyway um that's my day you've you're caught up and I know there's a lot more that I could say and a lot more that I'd like to say what is happening with my foot I think I'm getting a weird Charlie horse I'm getting a Charlie horse because my foot's cold. How bizarre is that? I need to put my sock back on. Yeah, that's kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, I'm in a different place right now. I really do think it's going to be, I think it's going to work out with Kevin. I think it's going to be okay. I'm just not going to think about it anymore. I'm making a decision not to, but actually I'm not even compelled to think about him right now. I'm thinking about myself and not in a stuck up way. I feel, I feel whole. I know that sounds nuts. But I feel, I feel really amazing. No, unfortunately, I did not have the opportunity to do something kind and generous for anybody at the grocery store. I didn't. There wasn't anybody. I mean, I could have co chosen to pay for somebody's groceries. I could have done that. I didn't. Um, but there will be other opportunities. And I look forward to that. And I love that feeling. And no matter what happens what somebody does to me, I'm in control of what I do to other people. And so I am always going to choose to be kind. And I'm seeing so many gifts. I don't want to use the word blessings, but I'm seeing, I, let me tell you something, the, the accomplishment for me to play that song perfectly after struggling and struggling, you guys, days, days and days and days and days and days of struggling to play that song and messing it up and then making new mistakes. I was making new mistakes tonight, hitting weird new fucked up notes that I've never hit before, forgetting where I was supposed to go. I wrote this damn song and couldn't play it. And then I did. <laughs> and then I did. But while I was going through that, I wasn't thinking about him. I did think about him once in a while and I'd get up and walk around and I think about him and whatever. Briefly though, briefly. 
And then I'd get right back to it. And I was doing my thing. I was taking care of myself. I was doing what I needed to do for me. 100% in control. And it didn't matter. I still, you know, I'd look at my phone. I hope he texts. I wish he'd call, whatever. But you know what? I'm going to kind of leave it alone and leave it in the past now. And I hope it won't stay in the past. And I don't think it's going to. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm still moving ahead. I'm still living my life and doing my thing. And I'm going to have that sweet life. The sweetest life you've ever seen. That's a Barry Manilow lyric. And that song is called Sweet Life. And it's beautiful. And it's also the title of his autobiography. Sweet Life, Adventures on the Way to Paradise. You should check it out. It's really great. Barry, one of the most fabulous composers. Really beautiful arranger. Amazing musician. Just brilliant. Brilliant entertainer. I adore him. Michael, what a just so much respect. I can't even speak. Love him so much. And I have been so incredibly, tremendously blessed. I have an amazing job, phenomenal colleagues. I have talent. I'm kind. I have empathy and compassion. And even though Kevin has hurt me, I forgive that totally. You know, I'm not going to hold anything. I mean, I would not like for him to do that again, obviously. But anyway, I'm running out of time. I've got three minutes left. So I'm going to end this here. You're caught up. I'm in a really amazing place right now. I'm so grateful, so thankful. And uh, yeah, on that very happy note, I'm going to say what I always do. Please be sure that you always choose to be kind because it is a choice. It's always a choice. And honestly, honestly, I would not steer you wrong. <laughs> the person who benefits the most by far, from your kindness is you. I am a living testament to that. Absolutely true. So make that choice. You'll see. You'll see and you'll know if you don't already. You probably already do. But there's just no greater feeling than that. It's it's a really beautiful feeling. Well, I guess maybe the other only other greater feeling is probably playing a song perfectly after you've tried it 3,782 times or however many times it was. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, my poor aching body, my headache, my stuffy head. Oh my God. My sprained pinky, my hand. Seriously, you guys, it's messed up, but it's okay because it, it did what it needed to do. And I did it. I did it. It's done and it's submitted and I am overjoyed. I'm so overjoyed. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. I'm feeling very happy and I am really feeling very peaceful. I feel peaceful and whole in a way that I can't describe. But I sure did try, didn't I? All right, guys, that's it. Be kind, take care of yourself, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.